Yeah, we're recording, Matt. Uh, we've been recording for the past m- minute now. And this guy? Yeah, that's gone too. Oh my gosh, you're on top of things. You're literally on top of things. Okay. I want to learn something today, Thomas. Well, before we learn anything today, oh wait. Well, Matt, before we learn anything today, <laughs> we have some people to say thank you to. Do you want the list? I have a list here. Do you have a list? I have a list. Yeah, because we have a spanking brand new Patreon page where you can become a patron and donate us money to help us create awesome content that you want to see or hear, hear or see. Hey, well, the more we can get into this, the more amazing content we can send your way. I mean, this money is helping us get onto Spotify right now, which is a big deal. And we really appreciate all the support, especially we enjoy the support from uh, Samantha, Sammy. Love your support. Thank you for all the help you've given us over the past couple of years. Thanks, We're, Sammy. Even just wearing the pin on the backpack is the nicest thing you could possibly do. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a, that's a pin-wearing fan right there. Then we have the good, the amazing Mihir. Yeah, I, I consider him our third host. I wrote him this really nice thank you message um, saying he's basically one of the biggest shareholders in the two-top media company. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if he is... He is too top as well. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Meredith for um, also donating. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Meredith. We appreciate it. She's my girlfriend. She supports you, Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can have that. Um, Matthew, my brother, thank you for donating. I don't even know if you listen to it, but hey, the support is always appreciated. Thank you, Matt. We appreciate it. I said we'll take you out to, to lunch someday. One day. We're going to honor but that. Don't, don't count on it anytime <laughs> soon. Grandpa, thank you. We just we just got your donation today. Yeah, thanks, Grandpa. Thank you. Uh, well, I am I promise I'll do one of grandma to- Grandma's topics as long as they're not too wild. Oh, we have to now. We have to. We, that I means we're we obligated to. to. We are. <laughs> Grandpa, you're getting a custom topic your way soon. Katie, as well, over in Penn State, thank you so much. Yeah, Katie Walters, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Um. It's so cool to know that you're listening over in State College and we're over here, you know? Yeah, I enjoy that. It's uh, everybody's, Everybody comes together for two top. Thank you, Katie. And then the first person to donate within a couple hours of it going out. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mom. Uh, yes. So, hey, you could join this list. You could be getting a shout-out for your episodes. I mean, there's so much more to Patreon. We yeah. uh, talked about it a little bit in the beginning, but... For now, Matt, let's let's dive into the real reason we're here, to give back to the people. Let's give some topics. Let's spread some knowledge. Some knowledge, absolutely. Get into it, Thomas. Teach me something. Matt, have you ever um, driven through a drive-thru at the bank? Yes, I have. So you go, you open up that tube, and you put the thing in, and you hit the button. Well, that tube yeah. is what we're talking about today. What's it called? What's the name? It's called a pneumatic tube. Pneumatic, okay. Like hydraulics, pneumatics. Yes, so it's a vacuum tube that... Um, it uses like n- vacuums to lift objects and bring them to one place or another. And the bank uses a very small form of it, but we'll start at the small form and we'll go all the way to the hyperloop. I was just going to say, I was, I was going to say as a joking comment, like hyperloop Tesla, but no, that's essentially what it is, right? It is. That's so, crazy. That's crazy. Uh, PTT, pneumatic, pneumatic tube transport. Uh, it's a system PTT. to pr- wow. it's a system to prote- propel uh, cylindrical canisters through a network of tubes 
by compressed air or a partial vacuum. These, um, they transport solid object, solid objects, but they do not transfer fluids because you just use pipes for that. Um, they've been used, networks have been used across the 19th and 20th century and still the 21st century today to transport small urgent packages such as mail, paperwork, or money relatively short distance within a building or sometimes within a city. Uh, some installations have uh, gained great size, which I'll go into later. And um, they're used as well in like hospitals to spread laboratory results oh, here and there. Yeah, I, I haven't seen all these uses, but everything really makes sense now. That's pretty crazy. Now, there was even idea... There's an idea to get um, transport tubes to move large cargo, but that never really kicked off. But we might be coming back to it with the Hyperloop. Yeah. So it was, in, it was invented by William Murdoch in 1836. Uh, so what happened was he wanted to send stuff. It was crazy. So the Victorians used the t capsule pipelines to sell telegrams from the building to the telegraph station. Wow. So then in 1854, uh, Mr. Clark, uh, he issued a patent for conveying letters, letters or parcels between places by pressure of air in a vacuum, which then he installed a 220-yard pneumatic tube system between the London Stock Exchange and Threadneedle Street in London and the offices of the Electric Telegraph Company. So, I mean, sounds like right now is, well, you telegraph here, but we need to get the message there. And it's like a paper message, like a physical copy of a message. Yes. Like they translated the telegraph, they got it, whatever. Stick it in the tube, shoot it somewhere else. Physically, the person gets it. So what's Pretty crazy cool. about it, it's, it, was such, it seems like such a futuristic process for back in the day. Like that was the future. Sending yeah. packages through. The tube. hyperloop back then. So it's still being used on small scale today. You know, we've tried to make it bigger, but it never really caught on. It's kind of more niche things, transporting cash and documents between cars and tellers at the bank. Um, hospitals have used it to move lab samples between like labs and nurse stations. Um, NASA actually in mission control had pneumatic tubes between the computer consoles and the staff support room. And the Denver airport also used these tubes, including a foot wide tube that can move air part, aircraft parts yeah. to um, tar tarmacs that are not really close to the terminals. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, that would be quick. Yeah, the thing with this vacuum uh, pneumatic shooting, it's, it's quick. It's really quick, right? Yeah. So, like, they've been used in a lot of things, and now they're trying to be used in science by uh, transporting neutron activation analysis. So, in a reactor, you know, we have your uranium, it heats up, water, steam, all that. But you need to monitor it. And the samples are so radioactive and unstable that they die off by the time you try to retrieve some. And it's so toxic. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. So... So, they're pneumatically transporting the samples? So, what they have is they have, a, um, they have an instrument which is in this tube. And then it's sent to it collects the radiation and neutrons for analysis and then it's sent back and it's a safe way to do it because it's in a vacuum nothing is transported besides the data mm. now you know it'd be crazy what if we got our food through pneumatic tube i was literally thinking fast food 
It would be even faster. You well, call it rapid food. Until it closed in uh, 2011, a McDonald's in Minnesota had the world's only only pneumatic air drive through, sending food from a strip mall location to the middle of the parking lot. Wait, was this like a McDonald's funded thing, or was it yeah, like it was a McDonald's a sole person doing this or something? No, McDonald's in Eldon, Minnesota, wanted to do this pneumatic tube wow. in the parking lot. Uh, but now everybody wants to do some wild stuff. But like the Hyperloop, we know the Hyperloop. That's now that's the idea of transporting people through a vacuum. Yeah, right? yeah. So what's wild is there's the largest tube system, which is in Prague, and it covers the whole city. Of pneumatic transport. Yeah. So Not people, objects, right? Objects. It's wow. currently closed down, but there's a movement right now to get it fixed as a tourist attraction, but it can be sent. It was had the ability to send stuff to all over Prague. Were they individual routes or would they like change course? No, individual routes. Yeah. So there's like a tube station that things would be sent from. It was the post office. It was the yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it would send it to the places in Prague. That's crazy. Imagine if your mail showed up in a tube. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm just thinking, you know, there's everyday uses for this. Say you need to, uh, you know, ship something to the post office, a package. You could just put it in a, a tube and it'll send it there at your local tube drop-off location, just like in Prague. Well, so it was originally, it was really something for the post office. It oh, was yeah. getting telegraphs and sending telegraph symbols. And it was also sending mail across the city. Paris also had one of these large networks that closed down. So it's been a thing. Not as much now, but we're seeing the resurgence with, uh, you know, the Hyperloop. Yeah. Essentially, right? It's the idea revived. Yeah, let's talk about that. Making people aware. So the Hyperloop is now like the point that we're at in the 21st century. Now, the Hyperloop is being developed by SpaceX and Tesla. So just Elon Musk chilling out with himself. Um, so what it is, it's for freight transport, passenger transport, and it's um, its tube design comes from uh, the Robert Goddard like vac vacuum train, well vac train. So it's a train that sends through a vacuum tube, and it could go at such high speeds because in a vacuum there's nothing to slow you down. It's only friction of whatever you're in contact with. Yeah, there's no drag. So at all. It was mentioned in first mentioned in 2012 by Elon Musk, and it would Good be old using, Elon. <laughs> It'd be using uh, air bearings and linear induction motors and axial compressors to send these tubes. Now, the first Alpha concept was published in 2013, which could propose a route from Los Angeles to the San Francisco Bay, which would travel at a speed of 35 miles per hour. No, my bad. I read that backwards. It would travel 35 miles at a speed of 760 miles per hour. Holy goodness. Wow. So you'd get there in 35 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, because there's no drag, super efficient. I'm guessing through the vacuum, um, it doesn't take much energy to move something through a vacuum. Like space, if you push something in space, it'll keep going. Yeah, there's no friction. That is gravity. if it's a perfect vacuum, you know? 
So that it's a mighty feat of engineering if we can get a perfect vacuum in a tube that size to carry, you know, people. Yeah. I mean, Musk thinks it's going to be the, like the fifth mode of transportation. You have walking, driving, biking. I mean, you have walk, you have trains, planes, automobiles, and boats. Yeah. And Hyperloop. The Hyperloop. <laughs> but I think it's something to look forward to. If I could ride in the Hyperloop one day, I think that'd be pretty impressive. I'd do it. It'd be a smooth ride, that's for sure. But that's what I have on the Hyperloop, Matt. What do you have for me Pneumatic transport. PTT. PTT. Okay. Today, I'm, I, I want to teach you about something um, mythological. Oh, cool. But also, it might be a, an actual real thing because there's a lot of unexplained science behind this. Where are you hitting me with? I, I have so many ideas right now. We're talking about ether. 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 Ah. Do you know, there's obviously the classical element of ether, um, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the medium of ether, the substance, the matter. Essentially, it's matter. You know, there's liquid gas, yeah. solids, but ether is its own thing. It's see, an, its own medium. See, I, or ether is in a, a game I play with my younger brother. and like. Is it a magic-oriented Type it's, substance. It's like the souls of some beings. Exactly, and that's that's the mythico- mythological aspect of it. But modern scientists, I mean, I watched a whole 30-minute lecture on YouTube last night of a guy explaining that ether is real. It has to be real when you're talking about spatial theories of, of science and, and space-time, which, which we're going to get into. So I'm going to hit you with a, with a scenario here. This is something that we all are familiar with but then we can't answer the second part too. So here we have waves. So what are waves? Waves are a disturbance traveling through a medium, okay? Waves can be in air, water, etc. any substance, you know, any substance that we're aware of. So what about light waves? What do light waves travel through? Obviously they're traveling through air here, but light travels from the sun to earth. How is that possible if there's no air in there? Yes, there are some gases in the, in the vacuum of space, it's not a perfect vacuum as we were just talking about with the Hyperloop, but how does the light, what does it travel through? So that's where scientists have come to determine that there's ether in the universe that light travels through. Oh, because light needs to travel through something? I thought... Uh, with, with our laws of physics, the waves have to travel through a medium. So that's the only explained substance that, that it could go through. But there have been a lot of theories that have proven that there's there's nothing there, and then we get into theories of of dark matter. Have you heard about dark matter? Yeah, it's um, pretty dark. Obscured. I thought I thought photons have a mass though. Because, the particles traveling, yeah. the yeah, photons do have a mass, but they need to travel among among something within something. Okay, it's just it's the laws of physics. It we're contradicting ourselves when scientists say that the waves can go through nothing because there has to be something there that it moves through because when the way it works photons space isn't full of light photons and little atoms and when atoms move in waves they excite each other and they move kind of in a ripple effect you know they excite more atoms next to it but if there's no other atoms to excite other than itself the light's not going to travel through anything so it can't get to us so we can't see it so going back to ancient and medieval science ether which is a Greek term. It's also spelled aether with an, with an A-E-T-H-E-R. Um, 
It's also called quintessence. So we're, we're talking like a magical substance here. It's the material that fills the region of the universe above the terrestrial sphere. So the concept of ether was used in several theories to explain several natural phenomena, such as the traveling of light and even gravity. In the late 19th century, physicists um, postulated ether permeating throughout space, providing a medium through which light could travel in a vacuum. So evidence um, of the presence of this medium was was disproven. It was proven wrong in the Michelson-Morley experiment. Um, and the, the result has been interpreted as from the meaning that there's no such luminiferous effect. So a lot of people call it luminiferous ether because it has to do with light only um, or producing or transmitting. So the, the Greek term uh, translates to pure fresh air or clear sky. Um, it was thought to be the pure essence of the, that the gods breathe, filling the space where they lived, um, analogous to the air breathed by mortals. In Plato's Timus, he speaks about air, but he also speaks about ether being real. He, he mentions that there is the most translucent kind, which is called by the name of ether. So in modern science, there are many theories called ether theories um, in physics proposing the existence of a medium ether, um, which is the space-filling substance. Since the development of special relativity, special rel relativity is, is space-time. Yeah. You ever watch the cosmos yeah. with Neil deGrasse? Space-time is a huge modern concept because they, they believe that space and time are related to each other and, and can change each other when one thing is changed. So when you're talking about special relativity, theories using a substantial ether fell out of use in modern physics and were replaced by more abstract models, but they're still unexplained. Isaac Newton also suggested the existence of ether in the third book of optics in 1718. We're talking about ether and, and dark energy in space-time and how it sits and how it has been disproven over the years. And that leads us into this concept of dark, of dark matter, dark energy. Whereas ether was created to be a particle that explains something dark matter came to scientists as something that we didn't need to explain something else but everything was explaining that there is something else does that make sense yeah that there has to be another source out there in the universe it can't just work by itself it has to be with something else so dark matter in particular is nothing like other it's something that seems to behave exactly like an ordinary particle of matter just one with no electric charge or strong interaction with known matter particles um, dark energy is conceptually closer to the other idea. Um, similar, but it's not a particle. Like I said, dark energy is a smooth energy that fills space that's still unexplained. So scientists don't know where to go with this when, when they're explaining ideas of gravity. Have you ever seen diagrams of scientists explaining that their space can be put into grids? Yeah, and then the grids can warp. And they can warp based on gravity poles of different planets. They used to think that was... That was the ether, and ether is what the grid was made of, the particles. But now they're realizing that, that that's impossible, and, and dark energy is, is the new term. But essentially, they're very similar, that they're unexplained materials out there that we need to use to solve physics equations. Do you think that there's actual another, say, fifth element? I feel like there's um, there's something involved that we're trying to find out, but it's it's hard to discover nothing, you know? Yeah, it's hard to discover nothing, so, which is why we give it all these names. So we allude to mythological names of the past. But now here we are with dark energy trying to explain space-time, but we have no idea. So where do we go from here? It's just a matter of research. And do you think within the next, say, 100 years, we're going to be able to explain some things that are going to 
change our lives completely. Absolutely. It's just how science works. It's all about the revolutions, the anomalies, the the things that change the paradigm that is exactly being involved. Do you think that there's going to be something that changes life so drastically that it could that it could end life maybe not, as we know it? Maybe not end, but extend our knowledge to maybe explore even greater spaces. The idea of space and time, and that that could leave us lead us into a million different topics of, of time travel. It's pretty crazy when you think that there there's forces that we're unaware of that we could harness at some point. And you got to think of extraterrestrial beings taking advantage of them. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> Ether. Well, I will say, when you started that off, you almost lost me. I was like, oh, no, is Matt, is Matt going to tell me that uh, there's weird space juju in the sky? But There is, though. But there is. I didn't say that there wasn't. There well, is, and we can't explain it. There, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I thought you were going to go somewhere else. Sorry, I'm still on edge. Yesterday, there was a Flat Earthers on campus. and Are you serious? Yeah, I, I almost <laughs> went at it. You know what? The things like Ether sit right along with those those theories of flat Earth and stuff. That that's crazy because it's so it's so ancient and unexplained. I mean, obviously the Earth is not flat. I'm sorry for all you flat Earthers that listen to our podcast. Yeah, all. But hey, I mean, if you don't want to listen anymore, that's fine. I, <laughs> I don't need flat Earthers listening to this. But yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. That's all the notes I have. Same. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of Two Top or watching. I have disappeared because. Yeah, we have some technical difficulties. Always, always fighting. Constantly fighting. <laughs> come here, come here, come here, come here. I'm back. Hey. But <laughs> thank you for listening and watching and we'll be back next week for another two topics thanks see you this was two top an independently created and run podcast created by thomas lance and matt Berg, and produced by thomas lance two top is currently a non-funded project recorded weekly for general inquiries or feedback contact us at two top podcast at gmail.com thanks and join us next week for another two topics